Everton in the Community is the official charity of Everton Football Club and one of the UK's top sporting charities, currently celebrating its 35th anniversary. The charity delivers more than 50 programmes covering a range of social issues, which include health, employability, antisocial behaviour, education, dementia, poverty and disability. It operates, quite literally, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Everton in the Community supports the most vulnerable and underprivileged members of local communities and joining me on this latest podcast is the CEO, Deputy CEO of Everton in the Community, nearly promoted you there Mike, <laughs> should have seen his face light up there, <laughs> Deputy CEO of Everton Community Mike Salah and Tom Davis as well, a keen supporter of Everton in the Community and, and Tom without embarrassing you, you've been a keen supporter of Everton in the Community since you were a teenager, since you first broke into the, to the first team picture. Um, yeah and I think even before then um, Unsworth and the 23s we used to do a lot of things to try and help that and we'd done the sleep out and um, yeah I've always been involved with it and I think being brought up that way has continued my thinking towards Everton in the community yeah. It's a good way to introduce young players into Everton community isn't it to get, to get them started young Yeah definitely I think for me it was sort of I'd play football and then when we were called upon to do that it'd be, there'd be no questions not that there would be anyway by any of the players but it just it just fitted very nicely into our schedules. How important is it to the likes of yourself and, and Sue, the CEO, and the, the staff and the participants to, to have the backing of the players? It's a, it's a huge help. We we benefit in a number of ways. One, it's, it raises the profile of the work that we do to have people like Tom and other players involved with the huge following that they have. That's great for raising our profile, but for the, the people involved with the programmes, they, they absolutely love it. They'll come along and they'll go away beaming for, for weeks, months, even years, and to see the players on a weekend on, on the pitch and then to have the opportunity to see them face to face have a chat with them it means so much to them The players that I've been on the the, 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 the events and programmes that I've visited with first team players they really seem to throw themselves right into it It's not they're not just ticking a box are they, they whether it's the veterans it's disabled football it's the mental health side of things which we'll talk about in depth as we go along today they really do immerse themselves and integrate themselves don't they? They do. It's, it's all genuine. They have that real, that real genuine interest, and they want to learn more and more about what, what work we're doing. And even when the cameras are not on, the players are still heavily involved. And as you say, they'll, they'll, you know, go over and um, they'll hug some of the people and get involved and have little wrestling fights with them. And it, it's great to see that. You know, that, that's fantastic. Do you see it as a little bit of a release at times, Tom, when you go to these things? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love going to them. Um, there's been many a great days I've had there, and. Spending time, whether it be spending time with the kids. Um, I remember one session when we were all drawing, and I, I was there. I had to get dragged away in the end because <laughs> can't remember why. Maybe closing time or whatever it was. And even just yeah, meeting meeting adults and just having conversations with people. That, you know, I've never met some of these people, but they they share the same problems as me, or they have things going on that I can relate to, and it just brings you back down to being. Um, like human you know in football and, and you're on the same page as someone which I think can be lost when you're a footballer it's all the players and, and fans and, and you see each other at the weekend and it's everyone comes and supports you but to be back in and, and standing next to someone speaking to someone I think it's it's really a great thing 
It's it's the look on the faces of the kids, isn't it? I was at one in McGull last year that yourself and, and and Anthony went to, and the looks on the faces of the children, even though even though even though you were a touch late, unavoidably, no, no, and, and Anthony had gone to the wrong school, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they still let him in. <laughs> they st- Anthony went to the wrong school, but they still let him in to speak to the kids, and and the looks on the faces of the kids, it's just it's 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 like it's like it's bewilderment, Mike, isn't it? It is. They're, they're blown away, as I say. They, they see them play on the football pitch. They idolise them, and they'll watch them on the TV and. So all of a sudden I've had the opportunity to see them face to face in the flesh and to, to speak to them and have a bit of banter with them. It means it means so much. I like one of the guys you, you met a while back, Ryan. Um yeah. you know, the, the difference it's made to his life and that, that that's been huge. And again, that helps with his recovery, it helps in a number of ways. And everyone on that project were absolutely made up to to see those conversations taking place. Obviously we can't go into too many private details about the situation, but what does how does that make you feel when you you, you know you've made a real tangible difference? I mean, yeah, I think I think I've I've met Ryan a few times, and I think, which is I've helped him. He's helped me out with stuff, and um, even just using someone to listen to, um, and he he tell me things about where he's feeling or how he's feeling. I can relate to in my life, and maybe it's in a different scale and a different situation. But I think, yeah, when I'm hearing them things, it's it's incredible. Because I don't I don't I never would have thought I could affect someone's life in that type of way, but. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing for me to hear. I'm, I'm a bit taken back by it. It's a massive thing for you to say that that that, that he helped you as well. By the way, yeah, definitely. I think because you know, if you see someone, maybe that is struggling, and and you think you're great yourself, and you're not really, but you put up this front that you are, and um, you just continue going on. I'm a footballer. I'm playing for the club I love. Everything must be good, but. Actually, when you strip it back, and if it wasn't a footballer and this was just a normal job, then maybe I wouldn't be in. I wouldn't be taking it as as lightly as I as I as I was maybe. And um, just to speak to him and hear how he deals with things, hear about how how he speaks to his mom and what he thinks of her, and just makes me think the same things about my my mom or situations I've had where I've been I've been down and and how I get through them and, and work through them like he has. I can do it myself, yeah. This is so powerful for me, this, Mike. It is, and sometimes you speak about needing to have clinical support or professional support, but sometimes really it's just getting together with a group of people who are like-minded and giving them that space to talk. And we'll, we'll sometimes have activities take place. It might be a football session or it could be absolutely anything to take that kind of focus away and make it less pressure on, on, on the guys involved. But ultimately it should provide an informal, relaxed space where people feel comfortable to speak and it, it's a safe space where... They might be like-minded, they may be going through similar challenges or have had similar difficulties in, in the past and they can relate to each other. And it's that, it's that kind of self-help that we we use um, as a, a platform of peer support. We try to bring that together for different types of people, whether it's people who have been in a military or people who have had different challenges. It's just providing that, that space for them to come together and talk. And there's not always that need for professional support. It's just another reminder, isn't it, that mental health doesn't discriminate. I said I made a very short speech when we launched the People's Place earlier this week, and, and I mentioned that mental health doesn't wear colours. So mm. we'll speak about the People's Place shortly, whether you're red or blue or whoever. Mental health doesn't care whether you're a, a, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, or a professional footballer. Yeah, true, absolutely. Um, and it, it, you know, we're all human, and it's great to, to listen to Tom and talk about how he's had had some difficult times and other footballers come out and it helps to normalise that conversation around mental health and 
show that nobody's immune from struggles with with mental health and that that's really important to help people to open up and overcome that stigma which which still surrounds mm. the whole conversation of of mental health well when when you when you're with a group of lads and you speak you're talking about the game and and obviously it went right to the wire last year tom the game against crystal palace the premier league table at the moment doesn't make very good reading and and i often hear people saying you know i'm i'm, I'm struggling i can't sleep at night so i'm thinking about relegation and, and someone will go imagine what it's like for the lads mm. because they've got the whole of the expectation and the hopes and the fears of 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 Two million, whatever fan base around the world. Oh, that's pressure. Do you do you, do you feel that, Tom? Well, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we we do. Yeah, I think I think any team in our situation would feel it. Um, but yeah, I think I think with that, it's sort of being a team and being the teammates together. That we know that we can get ourselves out of this and. And this is down to us to do. And if we believe in each other and look out for each other, then then yeah, we will. And I, th- I think that's the thing about being there for a teammate, being there for a friend, being there for whoever it may be, just to land in the air, just to share your problems with really. And, and from there, you can move forward. Like for us, if, if I think it's only me that can fix this situation, then I'll probably put a lot more pressure on myself and I'll end up in not the best place maybe. But if we share the responsibility and we come together, we're, we're stronger as a unit and we know we can all buy into this and get out of it, yeah. Do you feel like one of the more senior players yet or are you still one of the youngsters or are you with that, are you with that pleasant position where you're somewhere in the middle? <laughs> I'd like to be that pleasant position where I'm somewhere in the middle, but I do, I, f- I feel a lot more senior now, whether it's been the time I've spent at the club or, or yeah, just, just how long I've been, been playing for. Um, Think there's a lot of young, young in the middle sort of age mm. group that mm. um, feel a lot older. Yeah, than Goes quickly, doesn't it? Because <laughs> Definitely. One yeah. minute you're 18 years of age, 17 years of age, trying to break into the first team, and the next minute, the blink of an eye, you're giving young kids the same advice that senior pros gave you all those years ago. Yeah, definitely. And Jordan turned 29 the other day. Yeah, absolutely. And we we were sitting around having lunch, and we were talking about how long we'd all been together in the group and mm. and stuff like that. And it's incredible to to think about how many years we've spent together and playing and forever and how great it's been and you know going for what we need to do sort of stuff so 29 years of age I've got I've got suits in the wardrobe <laughs> 29 years of age by the way I'll have to sort, I'll have to sort yeah, that out yeah. I can't have a suit the same age as Jordan Pickford um, I mentioned the people's place Mike we had a we had a really smashing day the other day Andy Burnham came down and launched it Steve Morgan was there as well Phil Brown from Causeway Technologies everybody spoke really well and it was just it was just a super launch of a super facility so just tell us a little bit about the facility the people's place yeah, it was a great day this week to officially open our doors on the People's Place. It's been a long time in the corner. We launched the original campaign about five years back now, and since then we've had the whole COVID pandemic. We're speaking now against the cost of living, in, in a backdrop the cost of living crisis, and those those situations have only increased the need for mental health support. So we knew that the need was great five years back. The need now is probably greater than it ever has been, but the People's Place will be fantastic. It'll help to improve people's lives and save people's lives it'll generate significant cost savings for the whole of society in terms of what it'll provide it'll provide a space where we can deliver a whole range of different activities which are proven to improve mental health that'll include exercise physical activity include talking therapies as we spoke about today the importance of speaking to people who are like-minded 
It also include a layer of professional support too. So we have our own GP. We have clinical services provided within the space. Um, so we can deliver those cl- clinical services, achieve clinical outcomes, but importantly in a space which is very informal and right in the heart of the community. Can someone just walk in off the streets and say, listen, I need a bit of help here? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're, we're promoting it. We're raising awareness about the people's place so people can just walk through the doors. They can get in touch through phone call, the internet, email, different ways of getting involved. And we want to encourage everyone to come in as well. You know, people's place is purposely for everyone, not just for people who might not be feeling great with their mental health at the moment. We hear all the time that one in four people will experience poor mental health each year. And absolutely, it's for those, but it's also for the, the three and four. You went down to the people's place, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, it's great. Um, spent a bit of time with the vets and then uh, just with uh, some of the, the parents and kids that were there in the... Like the morning, the morning program. Yeah. They've done wonders with the layouts, haven't they? Yeah, I mean it's it's brilliant. It's a great space. Um, there's so much going on there, and you know it feels nice. But I think again, like you know, you can have a great building, but for me, it was the people that were in it. To be honest, mm-hmm. they made it feel like a home and made it feel relaxed. And uh, the staff, as I say, like every time I go down there, they're so good with me and. It made me feel at ease as soon as I go in, like like a home. And I know it's cliche to say, but it is, it feels like that. And uh, yeah, the great day. I'm glad you mentioned the staff there, Tom, because obviously the, the, the all the AITC staff do an absolutely fantastic job. And you mentioned there, Mike, that when Tom and, and Andros and Seamus and whoever else goes down there, it's not just a boost for the participants, is it? It's a boost for the staff as well. Yeah, yeah, the, the staff love it and the staff really appreciate that. And it, it's great to hear how you you go down, you feel at, at home there because that's the, the fire we want to give as well. We want to make people feel comfortable and relaxed coming into the people's place and all the other buildings that we, we, we um, deliver sessions from. So it, it's it's great to hear that. How was Prince William? <laughs> it was good, yeah. That was a good day. Is um, that something else you never thought you'd ever do? Yeah, exactly. Have a cup of tea with a future king? Yeah, never thought I'd do it. Um, but... Another one ticked off and it was a brilliant day. <laughs> I think that was a vet's day we done. I was more interested in about some of their stories, to be honest. Some of them were brilliant. And um, again, like, talk about how, how we're in a difficult situation. You just have to spend a bit of time with them to notice what mm. their lives have been and and sort of think, like, how how they've made it possible for us to do what we're doing now. So, so yeah, it's... It's great to meet him, but yeah, the, that's more interesting with the vets, yeah. You, you, you came through Everton Football Club right through the academy. Have you noticed a difference in, in, in the mechanism for dealing with mental health? Is, is, there, is there even more emphasis on it now than there was when you were coming through the academy ranks? Yeah, I think so. I think the academy was great and um, I never felt pressure from them or never felt like I couldn't turn to someone if I needed to. I had a great group and, and we felt like a good, solid team. Uh, that I had my friends in and groups that I could speak to people and yeah it made me feel like a kid but I think for me the the harder part was stepping into the first team and it was business then and it's not mm. development it's not um, and it was a quick transition for you wasn't it you didn't sort of spend a lot of time with the 21s did you yeah I mean it was it was very quick the 21s was sort of a jump into you know that was that was meant to be preparation for a man's game because you're playing with all the lads and playing different teams but um, when you jump up again, it's it's the other things like the media that comes with it, the the sort of fans at the weekend that you've never experienced before, and um, people th- like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just mean in general, even like even like when you win and and the high you get from yeah forty thousand people screaming when you score, mm. it's 
Nothing can prepare you for that. Nothing can, can prepare you for it, and I I understand that. But I think the good thing about it now is it's more open to then to be discussed and um where I think maybe in, in the past it was sort of just you had to crack on and figure stuff mm. out yourself where where now it is look I, I might have a problem here I need to speak to someone mm. and again it, it's it's having that that desire inside you to want to change and then the, the help is there if you can if you can reach that point now yeah this message it's important that this message gets out to young people isn't it Mike because I've done a series of podcasts called Bread of Blue in which we feature players that came through the Everton Academy some went on to have great careers some had careers elsewhere and some fell away from football and fell out of love with football because whether you released at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 one of them was it was really poignant one of them said to me up till I was 14 I was known round our way as I'll pick a name out the out the hat John who plays for Everton. Well, that's John, he plays for Everton. He said, and then overnight, I just became John. And he was 14, and, and he found that difficult to deal with. So, again, mental health, it, it doesn't discriminate between ages, does it? It, it? it doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, we we started back in 2008 with one project supporting middle-aged men primarily. And over the years, we've we've launched more and more projects. And one of those is called Tackling the Blues. They live in partnership with uh, Children University. And, that's supporting children and young people because we know that it's around 50% of mental health conditions can be identified before the age of 14. So if we reach children at that early age, we can help to prevent those conditions develop and support children much, much earlier. So it's, it, it absolutely makes sense to, um, to start from that age. But over the years, we've, we've identified different groups of people who are more at risk of developing poor mental health and, as I say, we launched our first one back in 2008. We've now got 15 different projects operating. We've just opened the doors on a people's place. You mentioned Prince William coming up. It's mm. you know it's fantastic to see that he's he's recognising the work that we're doing. He wants to come and visit the, the the people's hub and to see the work firsthand. And you mentioned a veterans project. He came to see Stand Together, and mm-hmm. you know he was he was blown away by the work that we're doing and the real foundation of keeping in touch with us. So we, we can kind of share that good practice too. There's still a stigma though, isn't there? There's still a stigma out there. Men are, men are more likely to speak about mental health now than they than, than they ever have been, but we're still a long way from where we want to be. We are. We've we've made great strides, but that mm. stigma is is still there, and that's why we 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 try to the not not disguise, but we'll deliver projects such as walking football sessions and and different types of activities. And we say we have fifty mental health projects, but if you come to the one of the sessions, you don't see mental health kind of branded about it. It's a football session, mm-hmm. um, it's a stay and play session, it's a veterans naffy break where they're having a coffee morning. That's what's happening. But beneath that, there's huge benefits to, to a person's mental health and helps to break down our social isolation and. You mentioned about footballers and if they're let go at a certain age, they can become isolated. They lose that identity of not being known as John the footballer, for example, mm-hmm. or John mm-hmm. from Everton. And it's it's managing all those different ways, but in in a way which is um, kind of not described as mental health to kind of make sure yeah. that stigma is not a barrier. Ex-players like Chris Kirkland and Stan Collymore, Tom and uh, Dean Windass as well, and, and Aaron Lennon, who, who, who you know yeah. very well, I've, I've been brave enough to speak out about it and. By doing that, they are trailblazers, I suppose, aren't they? They're, they're mm-hmm. giving other players, current players, other ex-players, the confidence to say, right, well, okay, if they can do it, so can I. Yeah, I think I think that's brilliant, and um, hopefully, it can get to a place where players don't have to feel like they need to um, be these people that are coming out speaking about a bad experience about that they can 
um, f- catch the catch it before it leads to anything more serious, which is where we'd lo- all love it to be. But unfortunately, it's it's not the case because anyone can have a bad day. It's just then when one bad day turns into two, it turns into a week, and two weeks before you know it, you you are in a bit of a, a, mm. a tough place, which I can experience myself from previous th- previous things that have happened in my life and I think now for me it's just sort of understanding that yeah I do have a mental health and it's not always going to be great it's not always going to be terrible but it's sort of catching it at the point where where I know that I need to speak to someone now because yeah. I'm, I'm sort of feeling the stress I'm feeling this and I need to get this off my chest to speak to someone and and then I can I can sort of get back to that strong good mental health there I know I have and I know it's there but I just think when you can get into a bad place um, it can feel like it's all on top of you so for me it's just having that sort of uh, reset to, to speak out to someone which is where the walk in football or any of the activities you do and, and for footballers like myself we, we need to understand that more yeah. I think as well it must be so Amplified so much for footballers that because the highs and the Tom just said there it's difficult to describe the high of winning in front of forty thousand people and you've got the Gladys Street right behind you and then the lows of a bad defeat and all the highs and all the lows are acted out very very publicly. Of Harry Kane, for example, national hero, closing in on the English goal scoring record, misses a penalty in the World Cup and and there's billions of people watching it. That's that's for the likes of you and I, Mike. That's impossible to comprehend. It is, it is, and things can change so quickly within within football, within a match, within the course of a season. You know, you have one great victory, the next game, next game, is, you be in and everything changes. So it's it's very up and down as well. It's that kind of volatility which which, which doesn't help. It's the uncertainty which, which which doesn't help. But you know, I think with what you're saying, Tom, in terms of you know being able to recognise the symptoms of this pressure kind of building up and building up, and then having the coping mechanisms and ways of managing that is so important and. I think for, for ourselves, you know, when I was in school, we were never taught about about what mental health is or anything mm. to do with mental health, but that's mm. changing now. So I mentioned before, tackling the blues, we're, we're working in over 20 schools with with that one kind of project around mental health, but collectively as an organisation, we're in over 100 schools and all the work we do is about raising the awareness of what mental health is and how to help look after yourself, how to, you know, how, how important it is about, about feeling better, how to function better. And it's just normalising that conversation. We don't want to overcomplicate it and make people feel that it's this kind of complex topic. It's not. It's very simple. Let's keep it simple and it'll encourage people to to speak out and access support. Social media doesn't help, does it? Do you, do you go much on social media, Tom? I can see you laughing oh, there. I can see you rolling your eyes. So uh, when I say social media doesn't help, that's probably a little bit of an understatement, isn't it? Um, I mean, I think it's a brilliant thing. Um, if it's used properly if it's used properly it's it's an incredible thing to link people together and I think it could actually have positive benefits for people's mental health because it's it's basically an online community to talk about about things I just think the way it is used is <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's just not healthy yeah and even myself I can find I can find myself just being on my phone for an amount of time in a day where I, I know it's it's too much and yeah yeah um, it's, it's addictive, a, isn't it? It's again getting that snap out of it, and um, yeah, just just trying to to live my life that's not on a screen and mm-hmm. putting that away for a bit, and going to do some things that I actually want to do in my life. And um, so, yeah, I think it could be a great tool, and 
I understand why it's there and where it does for everyone, but I just think it has to be used and managed in the right way. Mm. But I think we are, we are we are definitely moving forward, aren't we, Mike? And and, and as always, everyone in the community is at the forefront of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the People's Place is, is making a, a great statement about that. You mentioned the, the stigma which still surrounds mental health. The People's Place is helping to address that and to, to tackle that. And as an organisation, we've we've made great strides over the year. You know, we're in a position now where we have a, 150 staff, 200 volunteers. We deliver 50 different programmes. We deliver it across 150 different locations across the city region. We we're growing and growing. Um, so it's 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 exciting times, it's great times. I mean, you know, we're very proud to be delivering the impact that we do. Just finally, we we, we printed off some photographs uh, of Tom uh, attending various uh, community pro- projects and programs, and uh, he's obviously gone straight to the one of him and Prince William, of course. That'll probably uh, that'll end up on the mantelpiece. But <laughs> when, you, when you look at these pictures, Tom, and you see you see the impact that you have, and you see the smiles on your face on the faces. There's a team group there. Yeah, Everybody yeah. is absolutely delighted. You have got your arm around somebody there who's made up. There's a there's a small girl there, and we think we oh, think it's it? probably the first beard that she's ever seen because she's looking at you in. Absolute that was last week. Bewilderment. Yeah, uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> photograph. But uh, but you know what? And, I, and I'm so glad that, that they're putting smiles on your faces because you have put smiles on all their faces with your regular visits, and that that must make you feel so proud and so humble. Yeah, I mean it, uh, it does. Like great pictures, aren't they? They are great pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I've had some great times there. Um, again, like I I, I put everything I can into most. Like, Everything I do, really, I give give myself every time I, I become involved with something. And I think if it touches me and I, I feel like it's something I care about and it's important, then, then yeah, I'm fully invested. And I think every visitor I've been to, um, I've done that. But also the people there and the people I've met have also given me back just as much as I put in. And, yeah, just just seeing the pictures, it's been, <laughs> it's been some brilliant ones and hopefully many more to come, yeah. That's what you wanted to hear, wasn't it? Many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. You've said the wrong thing yeah. there, by the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Michael, Mike, Michael have his diary out before you've even <laughs> gone into your car. Um, gentlemen, it's it's flown over as always. That's uh, over 25 minutes of conversation. Mike Seller, the Deputy CEO of Everton Community, thank you very much. Tom, thanks for everything that you do. Okay. It's absolutely fantastic. Such a genuine guy who enjoys getting involved with Everton Community. Uh, my name's Darren Griffiths. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, there's always somebody there to speak to. Go onto the Everton website, everntfc.com, for more details about the people's place.